Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Happy Monday to everyone. Happy, happy Monday. Got a lot to talk about today. Um, Today's going to be one of those in-depth episodes about something that is in the news. It's not getting enough coverage, but it's also really important. And we'll be having a fax blast going out about this after the podcast today. And that's the eviction moratorium. It, It lifted this past weekend. The CDC's unconstitutional and illegal eviction moratorium is no more. Democrats are freaking out about it. So we're going to explain why they're freaking out, what it means, and just how dangerous it is for the federal government to be able to step into your life and say that you're not allowed to earn a legal living. Not talking about the government being able to block you from selling drugs or, or, or pimping people. No, we're talking about a legal living that you should have every right to earn but the government stepping in and saying, no, the public good demands that you earn nothing. That's what the eviction moratorium has been for mom and pop landlords, for frankly, all landlords, regardless of how wealthy you are, right? The the government stepping in and saying you have no right to charge for goods and services and, oh, you have to let people use them for free indefinitely. A really dangerous precedent. So while I'm, I'm completely, um, I, I my heart breaks for anyone who's missed mortgage payments, missed rent payments, is now going to potentially lose their house. My heart breaks for them. It it truly does. But from a point of principle, we can't live in a country where you can just be forced to provide your goods and services to someone else at no charge indefinitely. I mean, that's tantamount to slavery. Joe says on the podcast all the time that we are slaves to the government. This is tantamount to slavery. It's tantamount to a takings, which is unconstitutional. So we're going to get into that. We're also going to get into the Olympic wokeness. Got some woke coming in from the Olympics. Uh, I apologize. We were trying to, I was trying to go live. I don't think anyone else in conservative who's awake was trying to go live this morning, but I couldn't get the, the, uh, the Peacock service from NBC to work. So we couldn't live stream brave transgender athlete, Laurel Hubbard's inaugural Olympic event. We weren't able to do that, but it's okay because you didn't miss a whole lot. She was out after just three attempted lifts, failed in all three of them. Um, We're going to get to that. We're going to talk about it more in depth in the second hour, but I don't want to bury anything below the fold. So, Mr. Producer, let's play that clip of of Laurel Hubbard failing in her Olympic debut. Um, Do we have that clip? It should be cut three. Let me me just make sure. Sorry, I'm just opening it up. Um, Do you have those, Mr. Producer? Yeah, I'm all set. I'm ready to go. Okay, let's play cut three. This is Laurel Hubbard. Failing. This is a must lift. So brave, so stunningly brave. No, it's gone out the back door. Ah. What a shame. What a shame. Yep. Well, that will be the end. And just like that, the women get to compete 
without a man, a biological man, in their ranks. This is something that we talked about, I talked about last week, which is one of the two possibilities. Either this biological man who transitioned and became a woman, so stunning, so brave, either this biological man was going to wipe the floor clean with all the different women competitors, or this biological man was going to be revealed to be very bad at weightlifting and lose to a bunch of girls, biological women. That's what happened. He's out. She's out. Laurel Hubbard, them. I don't know what her preferred pronoun. I generally, I, I don't know what Laurel Hubbard's preferred pronoun is, nor do I frankly care. But Laurel Hubbard is out at the Olympics after three failed lifts. Um, couldn't even get through to the next stage. So we're going to talk about that in the second hour, along with some protests at the Olympics, as well as the U.S. women's soccer team no longer in contention for gold. That's going to be in the second hour. But let, let's let's get into this with the eviction moratorium. And people saying that I have another sinus thing going on. Yeah, I do. My son, Max Jr., his new name is Patient Zero. I'm convinced that every single virus that has to that is in Texas, my son is Patient Zero. If there's a zombie apocalypse, I have no doubt in my mind, he would be Patient Zero. This kid contracts everything. <laughs> he has no like care for stopping viruses or bacteria from entering our house. The kid, he'll he cough in your mouth if you let him. He is absolutely patient zero. Um, we do not have Delta, Kenny said. My wife got tested. My wife was much more symptomatic than me. Um, she got tested negative. So we do not have Delta. Patient zero has not given us Delta yet, but <clears throat> only a matter of time. I was talking with Mr. Producer Josh, and he was saying that there was a study done that the parents who have school age kids end up what was it josh you can chime in with josh cam if you want end up yeah. getting sick once to twice a month yeah here let me bring up my screen i'm trying to find that study and i can't find it right now but uh to summarize it it, it found that people were relatively sick about half of the year because their kids <laughs> would bring stuff home from school and it's just yeah. kids are petri dishes they don't care they touch things yeah. put stuff in their mouths they, they share drinks with each other and uh, yeah. anybody who had school-aged children, yeah, you could expect to get sick up to one to two times per month-ish. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Well, I mean, my son, uh, he has no understanding of, of viral mechanics. He doesn't understand infectious diseases in any way. It's fair. He's just barely three. He's still three and a half. Um, he doesn't understand it. He tries for the never-before-tried snot transplant. So he will pick his nose. <laughs> Gross. And then try and put his finger in your nose. So that's <laughs> why I call him worse. patient zero. That's, so nasty. that's why I call him. I know. I call him patient zero. So we're trying oh. to like stop this oh. because it's really gross. But oh. like we're going to get everything. If, if that's how he's going through life as a three and a half year old, we're going to get every disease that there is. People saying, how can they, they test for Delta? They can't. But we don't. We My wife got tested for COVID and she doesn't have COVID, which means she doesn't have Delta. Or it's yeah. just a false negative because the tests don't really mean anything anyway. But we'll see. No, we'll no see. Delta um, here, as far as I know. Yeah. But I've been around yeah. a ton of sick people lately and haven't gotten anything, so I'm still like... Yeah, fingers there. crossed. Well, yeah. stay away from my son, Patient Zero, because if Don't there's worry. a virus out there, he will give it to you. <laughs> he will absolutely give it to you. Yikes. All right, well, well, Producer Josh, if you can find that study, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm looking at that uh, now. I'd lo I, <laughs> I love to get it. Um, so this eviction moratorium is a big deal. The eviction moratorium just... To remind everyone, COVID-19, lockdowns, the CDC decided that they were going to shut, stop landlords from evicting renters and that they were going to stop banks from evicting mortgagers, which yes, that's the 
technically the proper word. Mortgagers, the mortgagee would be the lender, the bank, to stop mortgagers from being evicted or um, foreclosed upon. And it, listen, in the early days of the pandemic, th this, I'm not going to say it made sense, but I can understand where people's hearts were at when it comes to policymakers. I think a lot of the reaction to the pandemic, I think, yes, there's a lot of people who abused their power and they got consumed by their power. What's that old saying? Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. There's that. I also do believe that there were a lot of good intentioned people within government, within um, public policy circles who just wanted to do the right thing. And that kind of snowballed out of control. So I, I do think that there's two ends of that, right? And I think that the, the, the absolute power people took advantage of that. So you can understand an eviction moratorium. You can understand from the humanitarian perspective why that would make sense in some circles. So it was implemented, and it was implemented unconstitutionally and illegally. The Centers for Disease Control has no right to tell a landlord in insert city here, Omaha, not picking on Omaha, just random city, Omaha. The CDC cannot just step in and say, okay, landlord in Omaha, you're not allowed to charge rent. You have to continue to service the property when they have leaky faucets. And you're not allowed to evict people when they refuse to pay rent or they start destroying your property. The CDC doesn't have that power. I mean, look in the Constitution. You will not find it. You will not find it anywhere in the Constitution because it doesn't exist. The CDC is not empowered by the founding fathers to turn landlords into slaves, essentially. It doesn't exist, but that's what the CDC ultimately did. And by the way, we do have open lines today on this topic, 888-441-1121. If you are a landlord or you have a firsthand experience with someone you know, a family member, friend who is a landlord, who can talk, talk about the craziness of all of this, um, feel free to call in 888-441-1121. Or... I want to hear from you too. Are you in a situation where now you are facing a potential eviction? We're, we're not saying that you deserve to face that, right? It's a terrible situation, but I want to hear from you too. 888-441-1121 um, is the number. So the CDC had no right to do this. The CDC can't just step in and say, by the way, landlords, you don't have the right to earn a legal living anymore. Um, it's insanity. It's absolute insanity. Because imagine if they did that to any other sector of the economy. Imagine if they just said, okay, grocery stores, Hunger is an epidemic, therefore you just have to let everyone take food for free for over a year. I mean, it's unsustainable. It's completely unsustainable. So that was then overturned. Well, not that, that's a, a gross exaggeration. Go ahead, put up image number three. Image number three, this is a Supreme Court ruling. Basically, the appeals court decided to the appeals court decided to let the CDC's moratorium end at the end of july and the supreme court said you know what we're not going to end it a month early we're going to let it lapse at the end of july and if for whatever reason the cdc comes forward and says we're going to re-up it then obviously the supreme court will get involved but the supreme court basically said hey this can stay on the books it'd be chaos if, if we didn't um but it is ending in July. And this is what Kavanaugh wrote concurring. He said, I agree with the district court and the applicants that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention exceeded its existing statutory authority by issuing a nationwide eviction moratorium. Kavanaugh then went on to explain that this one month would give Congress the ability to legislate if it so chose. Now, I'm no, I'm no advocate for in, indentured servitude or slavery for landlords. I mean, it's, it's insanity. 
But this is what Democrats love to do. They love to pick winners and losers. If you look back to Obamacare, that was all about Democrats picking winners and losers. If you didn't have insurance or you had very bad insurance, you were one of the winners under the Democrats' plan. If you were self-employed, if you had nice insurance that you liked, you were a loser. I mean, anyone who had nice insurance before Obamacare, you know just how much worse it's gotten, how much more expensive the premiums are, how much more expensive the deductibles are, how much, how little coverage you have. So it was all about picking winners and losers. And, and in a lot of ways, politics is like that. A political party will pick winners. Obviously, they want the winners to be their base and losers. The problem is you don't usually see that on a nationwide scale. You don't usually see Republicans saying, okay, our base is going to be winners and everyone who voted against us, you're going to be a loser. And in, in that, I mean, we're just going to charge you an arm and a leg for health insurance coverage. Well, I mean, I guess you could say that maybe the closest thing would be the tax law. But ultimately, whether you were a big business, whether you're a very wealthy individual or um, just middle class, everyone tended to benefit from the Republican tax plan. Now, understandably, the more money you make, the more you could benefit from reductions in taxes. That's pretty obvious. But there were there were benefits across the board. Democrats only are the ones Democrats are the only ones who seem so dedicated to making conservatives the self-employed losers. Not losers like, oh, you're unpopular. In the game of life, they want you to lose. What does that mean? They want you to not earn a, a healthy living. Specifically, they do not want you to earn so much money can be passed down to your children as generational wealth. That is a big no-no for Democrats. But they also believe that no matter how much money you make, you don't pay your fair share. And that's what they always say. Oh, you pay your fair share. And I think that there is a level of that that is real. Like, I'm not for tax the rich. I don't believe in tax the rich. I mean, everyone should, if you're going to tax everyone, then tax everyone. But the whole thing, oh, tax the rich, that's one step away from eat the rich, which you can see through history what happens when people are empowered to just start taking on the wealthy, the powerful. It doesn't work out. <laughs> I mean, just look at France. Look at the, the French Revolution. Look what they did to aristocrats in France. Literally just murdered them in the street. A popular revolution. We don't want to get there. We don't want to get to eat the rich. I mean, that would be terrible. I do think, though, that the class of billionaires who have now made space travel just their hobby, <laughs> if we're going to tax anyone, maybe we tax the billionaires who, as a hobby, go to outer space. <laughs> if we're going to do it anyway. It's only two right now. But let's just tax them. <laughs> but the, the ultimate question with Democrats is who's going to win, who's going to lose. And this past year, the Democrats decided that renters would win and that landlords would lose. That's what they that's what they decided. So if you were a renter, you'd be allowed to live in your home, rent, live in the home rent free, the apartment rent free, um, not have to pay any rent. And if you were a landlord, you were just going to have to eat it. Because in the Democrats' mind, every small business owner, every landlord in the back of their establishment has a safe full of money that they believe they can they can tap into to weather a year and a half of no revenue. It's insanity. Anyone who's ever run a small business, you know how close the margins are. Anyone who's ever been a, a landlord, whether it be a mom and pop landlord, if, you, if you've managed rental properties, again, 888-441-1121 is our number. Anyone who's ever done that, you know just how how small the margins are, especially if you have a mortgage on the property. Obviously, if you own something free and clear and you don't 
pay the bank for it if you don't have a mortgage then you can make you can earn a little bit more on rental properties right but most people i know who who are landlords they just have a second home and yeah they rent it out they, they either do like the airbnb thing or they'll rent it out for medium to long term rentals just to pay the mortgage i mean maybe they maybe they clear a couple hundred bucks a month and they put it away for expenses in case the water heater breaks but very few people i know and there are people who legitimately do this for a living, but most people I know who have rental properties, it's just a way for them to earn a little money on the side and pay the mortgage on a second house um, rather than have to sell it, which they would have had to do to move. But with this, with this eviction moratorium, the Democrats declared that they were losers, that they, they, in this game of COVID lockdowns, they would lose. And the consequences were very predictable people stopped paying their rent. Whether they could or could not pay their rent, they just didn't. Why would anyone pay their rent if they know that they don't have to and they know that there are no consequences to not paying rent? Now, obviously, there are consequences. It can go on your credit file if your landlord wants to do that, right? I mean, and there's eventual potential lawsuits that can come, right? But a lot of people, they look very short-sighted. They're not looking big picture long-term. They say, okay, you're telling me I can live in this apartment for a year and not pay any rent? Okay, I'll do that. So a lot of people didn't pay rent. It, it, it's an insane prospect. I mean, when this all went down, my wife lost her job last year. She got a job again, so we're all good there. But we applied with our, um, with our loan, uh, with our bank for um, a deferral. Just in case, like, you know, let's, let's apply for it and let's see if, if just in case that way we can use it if we need to. The terms for the mortgage deferral were insane, right? They, they would let us defer it for three months. And then after three months, we'd have to pay it all back at once. Otherwise, we'd lose the home. So, so we said, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. We, we, let, let's just scrape by. We'll figure this out. You'll get a job. We'll, we'll make it. We'll make it. Don't worry. So we kept paying our mortgage payments, right? Because that's not a solution. That's not a solution to all of a sudden losing your job. You, know, you have three months and you have to pay everything back in full at the end. Because even if we did that, we'd, we'd put the money somewhere else, we'd, we'd spend it, and then we'd be $1 short knowing my luck, and we'd lose our house. So we, we kept paying it. I know a lot of people didn't. I know a lot of people didn't. And uh, they're, they're in a weird position now where, yeah, they're going to probably lose their homes, lose their, their investment properties. Now, for that situation, I feel for you. If you've been put in a situation where you've had to put off paying your mortgage, if we're being completely honest, you probably should have been foreclosed upon a long time ago if we're just talking about basic fairness of, of free market economics. Because whether it's a bank or whether it's a, a small mom and pop lender, the principle is the same. If someone owns something, they have the right to charge you for it and you don't have the right to just demand it for free. And that's where this is so weird. I understand, I understand the basic concept of okay, well, let's not just have everyone out on the street all at once. From a humanitarian standpoint, it makes complete sense. From a policy standpoint, maybe you could get away with it for a couple months using regulatory framework. But this idea that well, we're just going to place a moratorium, a moratorium on all evictions, it was doomed to fail. And they knew that. They knew that that what was going to happen. So right now, you're talking about millions, tens of millions. I saw one 22 million Americans could potentially be out of their homes, out of their rental properties in the next 30 to 90 days. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. 
But what's equally heartbreaking, in my opinion, is that these people were led to believe by Democrats that this was just going to be the new status quo. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure some people understood this day was eventually coming, right? But there's a lot of people out there who actually believed that they would get another year for free in their rental property. I mean, who are these people? Who are they? If you're in the comment section, I, I want to know because I, I, I want to understand the mindset. And, and this is not to be mean to anyone. This is not to insult anyone, to talk down on anyone's suffering, anyone's hardships. I get all that. But the other part of me knows that the federal government handed out, what, $3,400, $3,600 in stimulus checks last year per adult, a little bit less per child in the house. And the data we have so far shows most of that money was spent on consumables, not on rent and mortgages, right? So it, it would be one thing if you just got 3600 bucks in stimulus from the government and you used it to try and true up with your, your landlord, right? If, if, if you did that, then props to you. And I'm sure a landlord would work with you, right? If you made a good faith effort to try and come up to date on the payments, I'm sure any bank, any any landlord would work with you because ultimately the banks don't want to take possession of all of these houses. The landlords don't want to take possession of all of these houses. I mean, they want just tenants that will pay. So you're much more likely to get a bank to work with you than <laughs> when they have the prospect of all of a sudden having to take possession of tens of thousands of homes. I mean, it, it's... <laughs> It, it, it's a crazy prospect. So I, I feel for them. And if you're one of these people calling, I, I, I want to hear from you. But the Democrats, the Democrat push is equally crazy. The Democrat push is that we should just let people live in rental properties indefinitely, I guess, without paying a cent for it. And that if you're caught holding that, that mortgage, if you're ho caught holding that property, too bad, right? Too bad if you can't pay your bills. They just have to live there indefinitely forever. This is a, I want to play a clip of this. This is a protest. And this was organized by Representative Cori Bush. Just to put in perspective, the Supreme Court announced that the eviction moratorium would officially be ending at the end of July. They did that on June 29th. So Congress had a whole month to figure out something. Now, ultimately, if the Democrats had actually worked to figure out something, I bet you we'd be opposed to it just on the basic principle of no one should ever be work, forced to work for free. But I want to show Nancy Pelosi's excuse for why just three days, two or three days before the eviction moratorium lifted, why she said they didn't have time to push anything else through. Put up image number four, Mr. Producer. This is Nancy Pelosi's excuse. She said, really, we only learned about this yesterday. Nancy Pelosi told reporters after Democrats tried to extend the moratorium only to have Republicans object. So to finish the whole story, Supreme Court over uh, a lot, basically said it's going to end at the end of July. The Democrats spent an entire month doing nothing on it. They did some things in committee, but bring no legislation to the floor. At the very last minute before they went on recess, they brought forward a unanimous consent resolution, which can pass as long as not one congressman says, I object. So usually it's for it's for things like naming a highway, right? Naming a post office that no one really wants to object to. But for big things, no, there's going to be objections. 
and you, you look at the Republican caucus, there's going to be one member who's going to stand up and say, no, you shouldn't just, we shouldn't just let people live in rental properties for another year without paying a cent. Like, no, that's, that's unreasonable, which is exactly what happened. They brought this forward as a, um, as a, <laughs> as a resolution um, for universal consent. And, uh, and one, one Republican stepped up and said, no, no, we're not. So it failed. Democrats then in turn blamed Republicans, but no, it's the Democrats' fault. If they wanted to fix this, they had a month to try. And like any good procrastinator, they literally waited for the last minute. But now there is a protest brewing on the Capitol steps, an insurrection, as it were. This is Rep Representative Cori Bush. She is now sleeping on the steps of the Capitol in protest. So the way you protest eviction moratoriums is to, in, to voluntarily become homeless, apparently. I want to play this clip. This is cut number two. Let's go play the clip. triggering but when you hear the cries of others when you hear the suffering of others we're already fighting a battle and losing a battle because there are people who slept out last night the night the night before there are people who are already unhoused and we don't have enough uh, we don't have enough um shelters we don't have enough we don't have the safe housing for them right now and that's a failure. That's another moral failure on our society. And so to then say, yeah, seven million more, you can go while I go on vacation. Seven million more, you can hit the, go ahead. Like that was your decision to be in this position. No, no, this is a systemic problem. This is a structural problem that can be handled by better policy decisions. Uh, let's cut it. Just want to point out, there are some Cheez-Its there in the background. There's some Ruffles. We got some pretzel twists. They have 20 packs of Oreos. <laughs> they are there for the long haul, people. <laughs> they are roughing it. They only have the Oreo minis, as Paw says in the DLive comment section. Only the minis couldn't spring for the full size or definitely not the double stuff. Amazing that if Republicans, conservatives, want to protest on the steps of the Capitol, they are insurrectionists, they are thrown in prison, they are beaten, abused, um, held without formal charges, without being able to see the evidence against them. But when Democrats want to just sleep on the Capitol, bring their little, make their run to Costco, get their Oreo minis, <laughs> they're allowed to do that. They're allowed to do that. Amazing, amazing hypocrisy there. Hey, Max, that looked like a yes. sleepover. It did. It looked like a sleepover. Like I mean, sleepover. you want to talk about protests? That looked more like a sleep. They look very comfortable. So, do they stay there all night, or are they like, you know, leaving? I'm just asking. Uh, no, they're gonna stay here all night. I, I, apparently, apparently, give me a second. I'm gonna look and see if they're still there. Really? Um, I don't know if this was like a one night thing, or if they're actually gonna sleep there for the entirety of the recess. <laughs> uh, I, I would bet you lunch they don't. I don't think they have enough Oreo minis. I don't think so. I mean, I didn't even see any like if we're being food, completely fair, like Doritos or bologna or anything. It, I mean, if it's going to be a camp out, might as well take some. I don't know if too. they stayed. I, I don't. I don't know if they stayed. They might have stayed. Oh no! Twenty hours ago, they said we're still here. Oh, oh. So if well, any if anyone can find evidence that they're it. still there, 
They're roughing it. <laughs> They're roughing it. Let bad. me know. Let me know. I mean, I'm I'm not one for ever being hostile to the homeless, right? You know, like anyone who's ever I've never been homeless, but I can only imagine how painful, how hard it would be to be homeless. I I, I can't even think about it. To voluntarily be homeless is another is another question, but if there's ever been a place for what's called hostile architecture, I think the steps of the U.S. Capitol probably would be that place. Um, anyone who doesn't know what hostile architecture is, hostile architecture, it is um, architecture is designed specifically to uh, dissuade people from sleeping in that specific spot. So you'll see a lot. You'll see benches that have really awkward armrests so people can't lay down. Um, if you want to really get intense with it, they put spikes down in alcoves near windows to stop homeless people from sleeping there. Um, this might be a spot, though, for hostile architecture right there in the Capitol. Now, AOC is very passionate about this. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, um, she's very passionate about it, and, and she has every right to be. I obviously fall on a different end of the political spectrum from her, and I'm vehemently opposed to what she's talking about, but she's able to articulate it in a way that some might find compelling. And ultimately, if a supermajority of the United States believes that we should just live in a world where people are turned into slaves and, and people can just live in other people's houses for free... I guess a supermajority can decide that. It's, it's scary to think that that's how close we'd be, but it's technically possible. You just need a super, super majority to, to change the Constitution, right? The problem is the Constitution is supposed to be settled on this. Go ahead. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer. This is the Fifth Amendment to the United States Constitution. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be put to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. That's what we generally understand to be pleading the fifth. This is the next one, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So that's the last part of the Fifth Amendment that doesn't always get mentioned. I mean, you plead the Fifth, that means you're not going to speak against yourself. But that bottom part, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Whether you like it or not, we live in a country where the government can take your private property. It, it, it's it runs afoul of every conservative principle, which is why so many people were against Trump early on in his run in 2016, because he was for eminent domain. Eminent domain is when the government takes your property to build a highway, to build a road, right? To build some kind of public good. But the point is, in order for the government to do it, they have to give you just compensation. They can't just seize your house and take it away from you, demolish it to build an NFL stadium. They have to give you compensation. Now we can, I don't want to dive into that because ultimately the compensation usually isn't fair. It's not usually market value. It's usually undervalued. And there's a lot of people who don't want to sell it. They're too connected to it. And in, in those cases, it's, it's unfair to them because they have more, they have more with it emotionally than it could ever be worth um, on the market. But what is happening with the eviction moratorium is very clearly a violation of the Fifth Amendment. It is. For the government to say you have to let people sleep in your apartments, in your rental homes for free, is a takings. They are taking your income from you. They, are, they, they have a good, legitimate public reason, right? A public good. 
there's a pandemic. We don't want more homeless people. That is a legitimate public good. And they have every right to craft government policy to try and alleviate that harm, that that chaos. But to say that we're going to solve this 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 public uh, chaos by forcing you to let people live in your house for free, that's a takings. Absent any just compensation, that is a takings. It absolutely is. So I want to play this clip. This is AOC explaining her position and blaming Republicans, not, not Republicans, blaming Democrats for the reason that they don't have anything yet. Let's play this clip, Mr. Producer. This is uh, should be cut number one. Yeah, it should be cut number one. Well, you know, I think there's a couple of, of issues here. First of all, you are absolutely correct in that the House and House leadership had the opportunity to vote to extend the moratorium. And there were many, and there was frankly a handful of conservative Democrats in the House that threatened to get on planes rather than hold this vote. And we have to um, really just call a spade a spade. We cannot, in good faith, blame the Republican Party when House Democrats have a majority. Now, there is something to be said for the fact that this court order came down on the White House a month ago, and the White House waited until the day before the House adjourned to release a statement asking on Congress to extend the moratorium. This came after weeks. I sit on the Financial Services Committee, which has jurisdiction over housing. We had, you know, the, the housing secretary there asking about the administration's stance. Uh, we asked the Biden administration about their stance, and they were not being really forthright about that advocacy and that request until the day before the House adjourned. And so the House was put into a, I believe, a, a needlessly difficult situation. Um, and it's not just me saying that. Uh, Financial Services Chairwoman, uh, Chairwoman Maxine Waters has made that very clear as well. And so there's a couple of contributing factors here. We have governors who are also not getting this emergency rental assistance out in time, which is forcing this, oh, this extension. So people saying losing brain, cats me out, says she, they're losing brain cells after watching her. Yeah, AOC wrong on almost everything, right? Almost everything. This clip, though, I played it because she's spot on. Nancy Pelosi is blaming Republicans. Nancy Pelosi is saying that it's the Republicans' fault because the Republicans had one or two people stand up and say, I object, blocking the unanimous consent resolution from passing. And AOC is there, whoa, 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 no, it's not the Republicans' fault. We have a majority. We could have passed it, but the Democrats didn't care. I mean, it's it's honesty you very seldom see from the Democrat Party because more often than not, Democrats are just blaming Republicans, which is what they always do. Oh, it's the Republicans' fault, Republicans' fault. But there you have AOC admitting that the Democrats knew for a month, that the White House knew for a month, and that they did nothing until the day before the House was set to adjourn. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> more than white noise is every time she talks, um, talk, thinks about the scene, Billy Madison reads the puppy story. Yeah, I know. I award you no points, and everyone in this room is dumber for having listened to you. I get that. The reason we play that is because she is throwing the Democrats under the bus. While the Democrats try and blame us, it's actually them who are responsible for this whole chaos. They are the ones who pushed for the moratorium in the first place, and they are the ones who spent a month telling everyone, don't worry, it's going to be okay, while behind the scenes they did nothing to try and alleviate the pain associated with that end of July deadline. I mean, if they had spent a month like leading people into it, saying, okay, we're not going to lead it, so you have a month now, get your affairs in order, be prepared for eviction notices, like here's a hotline if you need a, a pro bono attorney, 
right? If they had done that, that'd be one thing. But they spent a month doing absolutely nothing only to put something forward a day before they went on recess and then blame Republicans when they weren't uh, 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 agreeing just to go along with it. Hey, Max. Yes. Quick one. All right. So with the Fifth Amendment thing you were talking about before, right? A bunch of uh, landlords were forced to put people in homes because the federal government told them they had to, right? That's essentially what's yes. going on. So where's their just compensation then from the federal government? Does, is that, that's it the question. Isn't that's every, question. Yeah, we're, they're owed a lot of money, right? I mean, some people yeah. could be out tens of thousands of dollars, depending on how big their place More. was. More. So, yeah, yeah, right. How long did that go on for? A whole year? So, how much money is the federal government going to pay them, and when is it going to happen? All right. Are they going to get their support? I don't know. Question I'm throwing at you. Yeah. No, it's an interesting question. And everyone on Facebook, Facebook just tried to take us down saying that we use someone's. Um, someone's footage without permission i have us back up so we should be back up now um interesting i mean everything we've played so far has been completely fair use um interesting that they we haven't gotten that before usually people just go after our channel for the money they don't usually try and take it down but interesting facebook should be back up um i apologize for that um <clears throat> running solo today don't have joe so trying to do all different things at once. I'll tell you, though, they didn't give people fair warning that this eviction moratorium was lifting. And if they had, if people had been giving fair warning, they would have been able to prepare. They would have been able to prepare accordingly for the possibility, the likelihood that they would need to be evicted. The same is true with our sponsor, Air Make Care Network. You never know when an emergency is going to strike you never know when you're going to need to be rushed to a hospital and you never know when the traffic is going to be so bad or you're going to be so far out in the middle of nowhere that you have to be air um, evac to a hospital with air make care network if you become a member it costs you just 85 dollars for one year for your entire household it works out to be less if you're a senior citizen and it works out to be less per year if you buy three or five years at a time and with air make care network should anyone in your household ever be have to be airlifted to a hospital for a medical emergency. As long as they're flown by an AMCM provider, they won't pay one cent for the flight. We've had so many people message into us that it's happened to them, it's happened to friends, it's happened to loved ones. And it's cost them 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand in some cases just to take a short helicopter ride from one town to another. Well, if you're an AMCN member, you won't have to worry about that. And Air Medicare Network, their providers fly over 100,000 patients a year. So you're going to want to check out the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, you're going to get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on how many years you sign up for. Again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and then use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So more than white noise saying not buying lack of notice. No, I mean, there was plenty of notice, right? I mean, this, this was plenty of notice. I'm not saying that people genuinely have the right to say, I didn't know this was happening. I'm talking that the Democrats could have spent a month doing something, right? Doing something. Whether or not that something is passing new legislation to a, uh, extend a moratorium or like marshalling, rallying other elements of the federal bureaucracy, nonprofits to work together to, to provide relief in some way, right? What we get instead is nothing from the Democrats. Nothing. Not because Republicans demanded nothing but because the Democrats demanded nothing. One day before recess, two days before the eviction moratorium expired, they put forward a uh, universal consent resolution, unanimous consent re resolution. And when it failed, they all were like, oh, I can't believe one Republican 
didn't want to just make people able to live in rental properties for free forever. I, it, it's it's a BS argument. They they should have done something, right? Whether that I obviously I don't want that something to be extending the moratorium, but there's other things they could have done to to lessen the pain that will be felt by a lot of people because there's a lot of people who have been conned into believing for the past month month and a half that everything was going to be okay. Right? There were Democrats saying, don't worry, this isn't going to happen. It's going to be okay. Both AOC and the squad, also Democrat leadership. So they're telling them, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And then they did nothing, nothing until the day before they go on vacation. And even then, it was doomed to fail. They knew it was doomed to fail. They just wanted to play politics. I mean, this is, this is classic Democrats playing politics with Americans' lives and livelihoods. They'd rather, they'd rather play a game and be able to say, oh, Republicans are the big, bad Republicans than actually help people. That's, that's what I mean more than white noise. Um, if they genuinely wanted to help people, the, spending the past month doing nothing and claiming they were doing something probably wouldn't be the best way to do it. And I mean, jo- Josh asked a good question. What is just compensation? Theoretically, under the Constitution of the Fifth Amendment, the government could theoretically I mean, it, it would not go down without a fight, right? But there is a there is a way, at least theoretically, for the government to constitutionally seize rental properties to force people to allow um, renters to live there indefinitely. I mean, it, it would be crazy to do that nationwide. It's never been done before. Usually, that is that kind of eminent domain stuff is for, as I said, a highway or something that needs a specific area, um, and even that gets that's gets locked down in in um, in litigation for years a lot of times. But theoretically, it's possible. But the government would have to give just compensation, which the government has not. The best argument for just compensation is that the federal government gave stimulus checks to everyone. But when the renters aren't paying rent, instead they're using the stimulus to go buy a TV or going on vacation or whatever, right? <laughs> it's not really just compensation at that point. It's not. And yeah, there are some funds set up to help Landlords, it's real. The money hasn't been dispersed nearly as well as it should have. But ultimately, that's not really just compensation. Because (laughs) telling a landlord that you're not allowed to rent your property and, oh, here's money that we're going to give to states that are going to then be able to give to landlords to help them in the form of a stimulus. A stimulus is not just compensation, right? If you're, It's just not. Just compensation is when you say we're taking this and we're giving you this. Not, oh, you know, well, here's some money. It's in this fund, amorphous fund, and maybe it'll reach you. Maybe the fund will dry up before it reaches you. Who knows? That's not just compensation, which is why we've never seen anything this big done with, with the takings clause. We've never seen it. We've never seen the government go this big and just de- declare that no one has the right to earn a, li- a living anymore. And, and imagine, imagine the consequences for that. Imagine if Democrats get their way here. Imagine if they get their way and the government somehow extends this unconstitutional moratorium on evictions. The government will be seizing for itself the power to declare one industry unworthy of turning a profit, unworthy of even breaking even. As I said earlier, imagine if the government just said, hey, you know what? Hunger is an epidemic. We declare that all food stores must let people steal their food for free indefinitely. I mean, that'd be chaos. 
You can't have that. You can't live in a country where the government can just willy-nilly decide that one industry, a legal industry, I'm not talking about illegal industries like drug dealers or any of that, a legal industry for the government to just declare you have no right to earn a living. I mean, but we saw this during the pandemic that there are the, uh, there's the essential and there's the non-essential. I thought we were past that. But for whatever reason, the landlord has continued to be non-essential. No one is non-essential. No legal a profession is not essential. The only one being potentially Hunter Biden's art profession. I would I would declare that to be non-essential. <laughs> uh, but that falls under the illegal professions, right? Because it's obviously that's just a money laundering scheme. But really, the government shouldn't have this power. They, they shouldn't. And we shouldn't allow them to have that power. But as is always the case, the Democrats are trying to pull on people's heartstrings to convince them to give government more power over your life and your rights. I mean, this is all philosophical, right? When the American government was formed, whether you want to follow Locke, Hobbes, whichever political theorist, philosopher you want to go with, when the government was was founded, Americans gave up a little bit of their rights. You did. You gave up, for example, you gave up the right to murder someone in eye for an eye justice. So if someone kills you, gets away, you're not allowed to hunt them down and kill them a week later. You're allowed to kill someone in self-defense, but you're not allowed to go out and, and dole out your own justice. The government was formed and the government is empowered to deliver justice. Now it does that very imperfectly. And it, the justice system is very, very flawed in some cases be, beyond repair. But you still, no matter how flawed the justice system is, you still don't have the right to just go track down someone and murder them. Now there's been a lot of cases where that's happened, where a, a, a father has a little girl get victimized. He tracks down the man who victimized her and kills him. And you know what? There's juries that have let that father off the hook. That's a completely different argument. But uh, but generally, you do not have the right to just take the law into your own hands. You've given up that authority. You've, you've ceded that right that you would otherwise find in anarchy, in the state of nature. You've ceded it to the government because we all understand we can't just live in a world where every time we turn around, someone's just getting shanked because they did something wrong to someone else. We, we, no one wants to live in that world. You've given other rights and, and powers over to the government, but the Bill of Rights exists to make sure that the government understands that list is not open-ended. It is exhaustive and that the American people retain certain rights that the government cannot infringe upon, right? Nowhere in the Constitution was the federal government empowered to just shut down entire industries for over a year. It, you, you can't find it. You cannot find it. Now, at best, you could argue that the states would have that authority. And some states have tried to do that, right? But when it comes to other, when it comes to other like industries where First Amendment issues are at play, like, like uh, churches, right? Gun stores, you can't just shut down a constitutionally protected enterprise. There's no clause in the Constitution that empowers the federal government just to let people live in other people's houses for free. If anything, the Third Amendment should protect you against that. Obviously, the Third Amendment is there to quarter troops in your home, right? And, and the Third Amendment is the kind of amendment that very rarely gets challenged. There have been a couple of cases that are very interesting, mostly dealing with whether it applies to state police and things like that. The Third Amendment says the government can't quarter troops in your home, period, full stop. Now, you could make an argument if this kind of moratorium was to continue that to say that when the founders wrote this, yes, they wrote troops but they really didn't want the government to quarter anyone in your home. 
and the government shouldn't be allowed to quarter anyone in your home, especially renters who just refuse to pay. So there's lots of issues constitutionally here. Lots of issues constitutionally here. The Democrats act like this is just something they snap their fingers and all of a sudden renters never have to pay rent again. And again, that tends to stem from their idea that anyone who owns a small business, who owns a, a property and rents it, they just have a pile of money, a safe full of money in the back room. It's not the case. There's a lot of renter, a lot of landlords who are on the brink of bankruptcy right now. And the only reason that they haven't gone bankrupt is because the banks aren't allowed to foreclose on them. I mean, that's the chaos that we're about to see here. That's the chaos we're about to see here. The renters are about to get evicted. The landlords are about to be foreclosed upon. And the banks are going to be left holding all of this property that they don't really want. I mean, no bank wants to have all of this property. Who are they going to sell it to? You're going to sell it to China. You're going to sell it to, to Russian billionaires, right? It's going, to, it's going to be very, very bad for the country if this goes down, which is why I understand from a humanitarian, from a policy perspective, it makes sense to try and slow this roll. But you can't do it in a way that gives the government the power to turn other people into slaves, force them to, to sell their goods or services for nothing, and basically set aside renters as the only winners in the lockdown economy. Just to show you how out of touch Nancy Pelosi is, go ahead and go to my screen, Mr. Producer. This was Pelosi's tweet. And Mr. Producer sent this over to me. She said, the CDC has the power to extend the eviction moratorium as they doubled down on masks. Why wouldn't they extend the moratorium in light of Delta variant? Well, no, Nancy Pelosi, they do not. They clearly do not. Let's again put up image number three. And Nancy Pelosi again doesn't know what she's talking about. Image number three, the Supreme Court, they did not overturn it. But the reason they did not overturn it is because it was expiring in a month. If the CDC was to go ahead and extend this moratorium as Nancy Pelosi wants, the Supreme Court would shut it down, right? I mean, that, that's that's flagrantly flying in the face of, of a Supreme Court ruling. And everyone understands what the Supreme Court was doing here. And, and uh, anyway, Kavanaugh put it in writing. For her to say, oh, no, CDC can just do whatever they want. It's crazy. This this woman's the Speaker of the House. She had a month to do something. She did nothing. And now she just wants to blame everyone. Well, it is what it is, I guess. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate we live in a world where now 22 million Americans are going to face evictions and foreclosures. I wish we didn't live in a world like that. I wish we had opened up our economies so people could get back to work so they wouldn't miss their mortgage payments. I wish we lived in a world, in a country, where the federal government wasn't conditioning people to believe it's okay just to live in someone else's house rent-free for a year and expect that that's just going to be the way it is. I wish we didn't live in a country where one political party told everyone, oh, don't worry, it's going to be okay, don't worry, this isn't going to happen, while quietly, behind the scenes, they're doing nothing to help these people. <laughs> I, I wish we lived in a world where we had politicians that actually cared about people. Because if a politician actually cared about people, they would understand that you can't just shut down economies. You can't, eventually, old saying, problem with socialism, eventually you run out of other people's money. Same is true here. The problem with eviction moratoriums is eventually someone has to get paid. You can't just let people live indefinitely in someone else's home. It violates the takings clause. I, I I said earlier, I, it runs, flies in the face of the Third Amendment, though they're technically not troops. It flies in the face of so many basic principles that this country was founded on. 
But Democrats, as, as always seem to be the case, they want to seize more power for government, more power for government, less rights for you. And listen, as, as heartbreaking as it is to think that there are going to be, be people who are out on the street, understand that the economy is open for business. There is no shortage of jobs available. Anyone who unable to pay their rent for whatever reason, the economy is, is open. Like you have the ability to get a job, as will be the case. There's going to be a lot of apartments up for rent. Now, probably going to take a little while to get them cleaned up and everything, but there will be a surplus of rental properties available. So there are jobs, there are rental properties available. I know that homelessness is not something people choose, and I know that there's always a lot of variables and factors at play that most of us don't know about. But if you are among the group that are about to lose your house, lose your apartments, lose your rental properties, there's no sugarcoating it. That's a terrible situation to be in. Just know that you have the best possible um, opportunity to get back on your feet. Economy is growing opening up for business, and there is no shortage of places to live. So people saying that we're still not up on Facebook. That's interesting. That's very interesting because we played because we played one clip. Interesting. I'm going to try and figure out what's going on with that. Obviously, if I'm talking, no one on Facebook can hear me. But we're going to come back on the other side of the break. I'm going to take your calls if you want to call about this. If you want to call about... The Olympics, we're going to start talking a little bit about the Olympics. We haven't covered the Olympics a whole lot. We haven't covered a whole lot uh, on the channel because we really didn't want to. But there's been a couple things that have happened over the past couple days that I feel warrant our conversation. Probably not for an, an entire hour. But if you want to call in and talk about that or about the eviction moratorium, feel free to do so. 888-441-1121. It's saying for me that Facebook is up and running. So... We're going to check this out um, during the break. Probably not enough time during the break to fix it. But uh, we'll be right back on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 